I'm Dr. Max Pemberton, a doctor and Daily Mail columnist, and this is the final part of a special three-part series where I speak to Dr. Heather Curry, gynaecologist at Dumfries and Galloway NHS Trust, trustee and past chair of the British Menopause Society, and founder and MD of Menopause Matters. Okay, so this is now kind of post-menopausal. So I'm post-menopausal and I have just completely lost any interest in sex. My husband is very understanding, but I do feel I need to get some help with the situation as it's not fair on him. Yeah, that's a very common problem, sadly. And, and I think relationship problems can occur because of this. There are lots of aspects to a woman's sexuality and her interest in sex. Often the menopausal symptoms such as not sleeping at night, tired, anxiety, um, we sometimes change shape, that affects how we feel, we tend to put more weight around the middle, which isn't a very nice feeling. There's lots of general aspects that can affect our libido, sexual desire. Also, what else is going on in our life at the time? So, you know, I've, I've sort of challenged the notion that, that periods are normal, and, and that we weren't very well designed. And the other thing that's really not helpful is the timing of the menopause. So it often happens at a time when we may have teenage children, we may have elderly relatives. So that's the sort of sandwich generation. We're working full time. There's so much going on in our lives. And, and now there's this notion of the club sandwich generation, whereby we have the elderly relatives, we have our children, and now they have children. And, and there's just which is wonderful if we have that opportunity with all the family. But sometimes there are many, many stresses um, at the time when we're having these hormonal changes as well. So there can be a lot going on in our lives which can affect desire. A very common reason as well is related to what happens to the vagina. So we talked about flushes and sweats and mood changes, joint aches, all these things tend to happen quite early on in this transition from our ovaries working normally to producing less estrogen. But often a few years later, we can have changes in the, in the vagina in that the skin, the tissues becomes quite thin and fragile, becomes less responsive, and it can be generally uncomfortable to have sex. And that we have found from surveys before can be quite a deterrent, understandably. And often it can be difficult for couples to talk about this. And we have known sometimes that women make excuses not to have sex because then it's, they're not going to get the same response. And so vaginal um, changes can be very effectively treated, first of all, using moisturizers. And I often say to women, you know, we, we moisturize our face, but we don't think to moisturize our vagina, but we should as time goes on. But also, again, when it's due to the lack of estrogen, then vaginal estrogen can be really helpful in treating the vaginal tissues and making it much more responsive, much more secretions, um, and that can help our interest in sex. And vaginal estrogen is minimally, absolutely minuscule absorbed through the body. And so can be used even if someone has reasons not to take HRT, so that the estrogen is concentrated in the vagina and also can affect the bladder. So the bladder changing with, with lack of estrogen is very common as well. There is some talk about whether or not we should offer testosterone for women that have lost interest in sex. And it does have a role to consider in some women, but usually there are so many other factors to consider before we think about the role of testosterone. 
our own testosterone levels decline gradually with age, not suddenly at the time of the menopause as our estrogen declines. And so it isn't always clear cut that adding in a little bit of testosterone is necessarily required. I suppose that's going to surprise people to hear um, about the, the testosterone, because I know that that's relatively popular, particularly in the private sector, um, sort of older women going off and having very small doses or relatively small doses of testosterone administered. Can you just very briefly just explain why that is? Because I think people will be confused and think, how on, testosterone is for men. And actually, we're talking about women's hormones. Why, why, why are women taking men's hormones? So women do produce testosterone as well, but um, obviously much less than men. And, as, and, and it doesn't dramatically decrease at the time of the menopause unless the woman has had a surgical menopause. So what I mean by that, if the ovaries are surgically removed, the ovaries produce about 50% of our testosterone. And so there is in that situation a sudden drop in testosterone. And some women who've had a surgical menopause, meaning the ovaries have been removed, may require the addition of testosterone um, but a lot of the factors that I've talked about, the menopausal symptoms that can have this effect on libido, will be helped by using um, estrogen replacement, taking HRT. And so it's really important to consider that first, to consider any vaginal changes, to consider life and how busy it is and how um, stress can have a big effect, to consider all those things before relying on the testosterone. Now, sometimes wonder if testosterone is seen as a quick fix and all the other issues that may be going on in the couple's lives are not necessarily addressed. And also, I, I was, well, it often occurs to me that testosterone, people seem to be, seem to be feel more comfortable taking testosterone compared to female sex hormones. I think, I think personally, because of all the negative publicity around things like HRT, so they'll quite happily go off and have testosterone, but they won't try HRT not realizing well you're just taking it's still another hormone <laughs> it's still the yeah. same and and the the, the the difficult thing with testosterone is that actually there was an easy licensed way in the uk to give it there used to be a patch available and it was it was a license for women who'd had a surgical menopause and were already taking hrt and if required add in this testosterone patch but it's not available now so we often end up using um, testosterone gels which are unlicensed for women and therefore it is a bit difficult to gauge the dosage correctly so it's not a simple quick fix and I think there's a lot that can be discussed and considered before going down that route. So uh, the final question in this section then is Making love is uncomfortable. What can I do? I'm 48 and I think I'm perimenopausal. And we kind of touched on this a bit with, with regard to the, kind of the, um, the estrogen creams, but, but there's lots of other things as well, isn't there, that can make sort of sex uncomfortable? Yes, yeah, so, so even I, in the perimenopause, the vagina and the vulva, the lady, can be affected with the changing level of estrogen. As I said, it, it usually is something that happens as what we refer to as an intermediate symptom of menopause. So you have your early symptoms, which you talked about, you have your intermediate effects, which is on the vagina and bladder, and then have your later effects on bone health and heart health. Um, but in some women, these changes can start earlier. But then it's also worth thinking about, is there anything else going on? Um, is that, you know, you can get vulval skin changes that's not related to menopause. There's other aspects of that. Um, and sex being painful, so, so sometimes that can be related to other gynecological problems, if it's to do with the 
the position or sometimes with endometriosis i mentioned that earlier that can cause painful sex so the, there are other aspects but there are it is quite common as our hormone levels are changing and and often if it's in the perimenopause if it's quite early on then and thinking about using vaginal moisturizers is really helpful and lubricants because sometimes it is the dryness that causes the, the painful sex but but being aware of the role of vaginal estrogen which comes in many forms now there's a cream there's a, a vaginal tablet a pessary a gel and there's even a, a little ring that sits in place for three months and gradually releases estrogen so so as with hrt there is not one type or route that suits everyone and, and the same with vaginal estrogen, there are different types and preparations. And sometimes it does require trying different ones to find what's most appropriate for each individual. That's brilliant, thank you. And um, we've got some more, just a few more questions. What are the best gadgets for pelvic floor exercises? I suffer from urinary incontinence and I feel I need some help doing the exercises. This is one of those things, you see lots of these sort of advertised, are they any good? What do you think? Uh, I don't, I don't know what the best one is. I don't know if I can answer that. The most important thing for all of us is actually to do the blinking pelvic floor exercises. So, <laughs> you know, we all know that we should, and, and during pregnancy we're taught about it, and after pregnancy we're taught about it, but then I see so many women years later who do have sort of sagging in the pelvic floor, and that can cause bladder symptoms, it can cause this just dragging sensation, and and often oh oh yeah i did them in the past and you know i'm the same i'm guilty as well i don't do them as often as i as i recommend that we all should so pelvic floor exercise is absolutely key to look after our pelvic floor and our pelvic health later on and um, we there are around the country women's health um, specialist physiotherapists who can be really 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 helpful in guiding how to do the exercises because you know sometimes it's difficult to know which muscles to squeeze and, and where is our pelvic floor so we often do refer patients to the, with the specialist women's health physiotherapist but we don't have enough of them um, we, we they're absolutely have a hugely important role to play both in in prevent helping people prevent and managing bladder problems incontinence but also the prolapse as well but as for gadgets i think anything that that gets you to squeeze those muscles is helpful, but I can't recommend a specific one. Well, maybe all in fact. more is hanging around like an aid memoir to just go, oh, yeah, mustn't forget to do that. That's probably, <laughs> it sounds more like if you just do them, do, just doing them in any way, it's, it's, uh, it's, it would be good. There's, there's a lot of good advice online. There are some YouTube examples um, of, of guidance on pelvic floor exercises. So there's a lot of information available. Three years ago, I had a prolapse and was fitted with a pessary ring. I'd like to have an operation to fix the prolapse once and for all, but my doctor says it is only a last resort. I don't understand why, I'm 73. So Heather, it might be helpful just to explain what, because I think lots of people have heard the term, but actually what, what actually is a prolapse? What does that word actually mean? So a prolapse means that part of the pelvic floor is protruding. Uh, well, not necessarily protruding, just, just descending. So if it's, it can be the front wall of the vagina, that's known as a sister seal. It might be the back wall of the vagina, which is the area that where behind the back wall of the vagina is the rectum, the lower part of the bowel, and that's called a rectal seal. Um, it might be the womb itself and the neck of the womb that's coming down. And, and so what we try to do is what we call conservative measures as much as possible. So it's a very good question, why can't I have an operation? 
The problem is that operations themselves have risks and complications. And so in medicine in general, not just in gynecology, it's, it's absolutely the right thing is to manage without an operation when possible. So as I mentioned, pelvic floor exercises can be really helpful for controlling the symptoms, the discomfort of a prolapse. The other point I often find actually is, is women, especially in women a number of years after the menopause, often the discomfort might not necessarily be due to the prolapse itself because sometimes we just see the, the vaginal wall bulging a little, but the discomfort can be due to the thinning changes of the vagina known as atrophy that we've talked about as a consequence of the lack of estrogen and menopause. And so it's worth looking out for that and focusing on pelvic floor exercises, even at a later stage. And that's often when we would refer someone to a women's health um, specialist physiotherapist. Using vaginal estrogen, so vaginal estrogen isn't gonna make the bulge magically go away, but it can help reduce the discomfort. And often bladder symptoms may go along with that and the vaginal estrogen can help that as well. Ring pessaries can be very, very helpful actually just for providing that bit of support. And again, this is all around avoiding an operation when possible. There are different types of ring pessaries and, and some of the more modern types, we can show the women themselves how to take it out, wash it and put it back in place every few months or so. So they can be really, really helpful. Heather, just, to, just to clarify, so a ring pessary, is that right? So it's, it's a basic, it's like a, a donut, sort of small donut sort of thing. And that's in the vagina, sort of just keeps things from bulging down. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so it sits up at the front behind the pubic bone and then would often um, reach across and just sit behind the neck of the room, the cervix. Thank you so much, Heather. That was brilliant. You're welcome. Good. Hope it was useful. That's all we have time for. Thank you to Dr. Heather Curry for joining me over the last three weeks. If you want more from Dr. Curry, you can find her at menopausematters.co.uk. And you can find us on Spotify, Apple and Google. And whilst you're there, please leave us a review. Don't forget to sign up for the Mail Plus briefings at mailplus.co.uk.